This is the Between the Covers podcast with hosts Deanne Malone and Rachel Trainum. We'll chat about our current dog-eared books rom-com book club read, all things steamy, and our love of a cute romance. Jump in bed and pull up those blankets. Get cozy. It's time for Between the Covers. Welcome back. This we is, missed you. We did. <laughs> missed you lots. <laughs> it's been a long time. It's been two weeks, but... Or Yep. Week. Yeah, two weeks. two weeks. We do it every two weeks. So. Yeah. I'm really bad at math. <laughs> Just math is hard. <laughs> Numbers was there was this there was a line in the book we're talking about today. Camilla knows Beth. 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 There was a line in the book today, in that we're talking about. Camilla knows best, and it had something to do with like numbers and like the stupid snooty douche canoe of like uh, finance guys that she worked with at the H&S firm and like it was something like oh math is hard numbers are hard Barbie or something like that did you do you remember that line yeah they were very condescending to her oh, yeah. I did not like the way they oh, yeah. treated her no not at all but that, that just made me think of that I was like <laughs> numbers are hard Camilla could do this I don't know that I can right <laughs> for those who are new we come to you every two weeks and one episode covers the book that the Between the Covers book club is reading at Dog-Eared Books. And the other episode covers whatever trope the next one is going to be. So today we're talking about Camilla Knows Best. And the book club met last night in the middle of a, well, frankly, in the middle of a tornado. Yeah, there was a tornado <laughs> going on. <laughs> yeah. But we had some diehards there. <laughs> People made it and everybody is safe. No tornado actually struck down, so everybody was fine. There might have been some champagne consumed oh, like to relieve the nerves. I do of know it. that the booksellers did take people in the store down to the basement, which our basement is pretty cool. And then if you go into the dark side of the basement, it's very terrifying and looks like a murder room. So that was really funny. They called it the behind the scenes tour that they gave the oh, crew. That's so cute. Isn't it cute? Yeah. Because you get to see how it yeah. really works. Where our, you know, where we keep our overstock. So Deanne, tell me, what are you currently reading? I am in love with Part of Your World by Abby Jimenez. Oh, yeah. And that just came out recently. Yep. And we we love Abby Jimenez on Instagram. If you haven't watched her, she is hilarious. Her dogs are hilarious. Um, but it, she's just amazing. And so we've been watching her sign all these books all along, watching videos <laughs> of Julia Whalen recording the book, which is my favorite way, narrator. Are you listening to it then right now? Because you talk about Julia Whalen and her recording like for these books. So are you listening to it? I am listening to the book, but I own two copies of the book. And that's because one of them is a signed copy from Abby Jimenez. <laughs> And if you watch her Instagram, um, there was almost a water emergency that took out a bunch of the signed books. She was signing 3,000 books and she kept broadcasting lives from <laughs> signing it. And there was a water emergency and she saved the books. Oh and my so God. My what story, kind of water emergency? Dripping water from <gasps> the ceiling. Yeah. Oh no. So my story is that my book was one of the ones she personally saved. Hey. And so we're going to go with it is I'm going with that. And then I actually bought a copy to read. But because Julia Whalen was narrating it, 
I had to listen to it and it as good as I wanted it to be. And I'm right at the very end where everything's going wrong, but she's starting to make it right. <laughs> and I just, it was everything I wanted it to be. I'm so excited. I'm so happy. That's awesome. It will be a reread multiple times over. Good. I love that. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> what are you reading? Well, I am in the middle of many books as per usual. <laughs> Um, currently I'm reading Word Slut, A Feminist Guide to Taking Back the English Language by Amanda Montel, who I actually just saw, um, speak, like give a presentation speak, you know, like an author visit at the Des Moines Public Library, um, this past week. That's and amazing. Yeah. She's so cool. Like I'm like, I'm, I want, I want to be your friend. She also wrote the book Cultish that I was obsessed mm-hmm. with and I really enjoyed that. And I, I even, I, the way she speaks is just, like, it's poetic. It's just her, the way she comes off, her words, everything. And I, I've always had a fascination with words and I think language is cool. So both of her two books right now are really just a strong focus on how, how we use language. And I find that fascinating. Um, but no, she's so cool. And so my friend and I went to Hello Marjorie, or yeah, Hello Marjorie, after the author visit to get a cocktail. And then I just did you get like, the bee's knees. I did not get the bee's knees. I got a different one. I usually get the bee's knees when I'm there, though. Actually, we get in there and she goes, Do you guys want to go to the speakeasy in the back? I'm like, Yes, I've always wanted to go back there, which is so good night, cool. darling, or mm-hmm. something. Yeah. And so, and the first thing they do is they put down a tiny little cup of tea for you. I don't like tea and I loved this tea. So now I'm a tea person. I'm going to have to figure out that wor- world. Um, Little Woods I was gonna herbs say, and teas or something is across the street from the bookstore. So Great location right yeah, across the street I will, to start. I'll be heading over there very soon to pick out some really good teas. But that tea was from Gong Fu Tea. Ugh, they have the best. And it was delicious. And then they also added like a lemon simple syrup to it. So it was delightful. Nice. Um, but anyway, so I was sitting there and I'm thinking, I have a feeling that she's going to be here. And as we were leaving, we run into her and she looks up. She goes, I'm just catching up on my Instagram. Like she was like a kid who got caught in trouble. And it was like really funny. And she was just like cool and casual to chat with, you know. So I like that. And I like when I can contain myself and not like overreact to, oh, my God, this really talented person is in my presence or I'm in their presence and yeah fun so if you haven't picked up her books I would highly recommend them I'm not even finished with board slut yet but I I adore it I adore it so and that one's a focus on like words that we have manipulated to basically attack women you know and for example the word bitch literally just meant genitalia man or a woman or non-binary. It it had it meant nothing else than that, which I find that's so intriguing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How we've changed so many words to put down women, control women. It's very very interesting. And then I'm also still working on erotic stories from Punjabi widows and show me a sign. I had some reading catch up to do. So I had to pause on those books so I could finish Camilla Knows Best and um, gosh, another one I can't remember right now, but 
and my audiobook is Malibu Rising and and who narrates it? Julie Whalen. Julie Whalen. <laughs> and I agree with you. She is a fantastic narrator. Like holy heck. It's in it's just so good. And I am adoring it. I don't I'm so mad at myself that I slept on it for a year because I really enjoyed Daisy Jones. I felt uh, about Evelyn Hugo, but this one, I'm like, oh my God, it's amazing. I'm like, this is my like favorite of her books. And I just think the writing's really well done because I don't think she's an over the top amazing author. A lot of people do obsess over her books, which, you know, each their own. Um, but this one is the first one of her books where I was like, whoa, talent. So I loved Evelyn Hugo. And I loved Malibu Rising and perfect time to read yeah, it because Carrie Soto is yeah. coming out. So. Which is hilarious because <laughs> I think I had just talked to you about her next book and I didn't know who Carrie Soto was. Like I was like, oh, it's just another character. And then within the first page of the book, it's like, I hate Carrie Soto. And I was like, oh, hey, <laughs> hey, oh, hit the table. I'm like, I'm putting things together. So... You know, with a line like that, there has to be a book coming out, right? Oh, for sure. <laughs> and I'm I'm excited to hear her story. Yeah. So right now, I'm, I have still quite a, not a quite a bit, but I have a good enough chunk left of the book. And I am just dying to finish it because I'm obsessed with it. It's such a good book. <laughs> All right. So shall we talk about why we're here today? Yes. Tell us about Camilla Knows Best. Yes. Right? Farrah Heron. Farrah Heron, yep. So this is a Bollywood Jane Austen retelling of Emma. I don't even know if we can like say Bollywood, but Bollywood in general is such a strong theme throughout the book. And the main character is uh, Indian. So it's just kind of like she they love Bollywood movies. And forewarning, again, this is a book episode. We talk spoilers here. So if you don't like spoilers... Stop listening now. Listen to trope episodes, but come back so you, we can you can like discuss with us. Sort of, I always do that with p- podcasts I listen to. I'm like, I talk in my car. I'm like, oh yeah, that's a that's a really good idea. I talk around, along with my the host, <laughs> which is so lame. Um, no, it's not. But yeah, so again, we're gonna say spoilers. I'll give you a second. Okay, now that they're gone, <laughs> but come uh, back. Yes. But it's so good. It's a, it's just a really fun um, Indian culture in Toronto, Candia, Candia. Oh my gosh, Canadian, Canadian, Canadia. <laughs> Set in Canada. Set in Canada. Oh, Canada. And so Camilla Hussein, um, basically, is a spitfire of a lot of energy. She is a finance, like she does, is she a CPA? She's a CPA, but she goes beyond. Like yeah. She yeah. really lives with She's an how to help yeah. women businesses oh, yeah. profit and expand. Oh, absolutely. And-, and she just lives a very colorful life. She's got bright clothes. She volunteers at the animal shelter. She's got this friend group and every week, they do a Bollywood movie night and she does huge big spreads. She loves throwing together a party, putting it on. Um, and she also cares for her dad. So they live together and 
Meanwhile, there's also Rohan Nasser, and he is the son of one of her father's business partners and also the brother to Camilla's brother-in-law. So there's a lot of family connection going on there, too. And Rohan's always around, and he's five years older than Camilla, and, you know, there's a, oh, he's just my best friend kind of vibe, which... They grew up together. Yeah, they did. And they weren't always like the closest of friends. But the, there's the cutest thing is he's like, you were the first person to fall asleep on me because he was five years old when she was born. So he was holding her as a baby. I'm like, that's precious. So Camilla starts agreeing to a bunch of stuff. Um, she's trying to take over her dad's um accounts basically because he struggles with a lot of mental health and health concerns and so she wants him to like part-time retire retire do something so she's trying to take over his accounts to give him a little bit of a reprieve but she's also they look at her and they see oh just camilla with her pretty dresses and likes the glitter and fun and her dad's accounts are very serious like medical accounts and she's got these fun like tattoo artist account and hair salon so they just think like what she does isn't as worthwhile as being an accountant for medical and doctors and blah 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 so they don't appreciate they don't they don't and so she (laughs) is trying to take over all these accounts to give her dad some health breaks Meanwhile, she's also volunteering at the shelter where she is the chair of the Puppy Palooza. I think that was what it was called. Dog Palooza. I think that's it. And they're putting on a huge big prom and she's got to MC the fashion show. And then one of the... And the fashion show, let's just talk about here, is dogs and humans dressed. Oh, yeah. To the nines. Oh, yeah. And Which is what I, I would love to see that. I would, I would love to see it as I well. I would go to a fashion show. You, for, you need to mention that her dog has a major Instagram oh, account. Oh, yeah. Too. Yeah. Her dog's Insta-famous. So I don't know an Insta-famous dog right now off the top I of do. My... Oh, Momo was an Insta-famous dog. But I think Momo's not alive anymore. Yeah. Which, who's your Insta-famous dog? Barry the Fastest Dog Alive Aww. is my neighbor's dog's account. Oh and my. he is the best dog and his Instagram is famous. The other one that I love is Henry the Colorado Dog. Oh, cute. And he has a cat friend and they're always taking pictures together. Aww. So those are my favorites. I love it. I just love pet accounts. I think that's absolutely precious. So she's emceeing the fashion show. And then a new account she's trying to bring on. She wants to prove to them that she is the woman to be their accountant and be a huge deal. So currently she and her dad work under Emerald, which is their little kind of baby firm underneath the big firm that um, her dad and his two business partners started. So they kind of get more freedom with what they want to do. And so then not only with like taking on this huge big account she agrees to plan their launch party like for this startup factory basically the same weekend as the fashion show of course it's all the same weekend which by the way that woman that worked for them her bitchy just was just like not necessary i'm like i didn't need this in the book like that was just it's probably fairly realistic though probably but i just i already felt there was she was getting crapped on so much at that point i'm like this just it felt like a 
bit much. So basically, Camilla is busy as heck and she's constantly agreeing to things because she doesn't want to seem like she can't do it all. People underestimate her. They think she has probably in her mind better things to do. And she's like, well, this is what I love to do. But so. And her hobby is setting up her friends. Yeah. Oh, that's, so there's that's that whole the big too. And that's the Emma of it really too. Because in Jane Austen's Emma, she likes meddling from what I gather. I've not read it or watched the movie, but I really want to now after reading this book. I'm like, I think I would really like Emma. So I have it at home Yay. and I'm going to see if I can get to it this year. I love it. Yeah. I love so it. So that's a little bit of a rundown. It was that's a, a great rundown. <laughs> that is great. Yes. So one of the things we talked about last night at book club was Camilla exhaust us. And we talked a little bit about the fact that we all ran pretty hot and heavy prior to COVID, but the couple of years of COVID has really slowed us down and just kind of wondered, you know, what it's going to be like afterwards. Are we going to roll into the roaring 20s like they did after the Spanish flu and uh-huh. all be throwing <laughs> weekly parties with all of our friends? Or are we going to adopt maybe a slower part of life? Because Camilla just exhausted us. Right. In a way that I didn't feel like I lived up to her her life. She was amazing. She put a lot on herself. She did. And I don't know, my family, like, we are always go, go, go constantly you are and (laughs) I'm like even today I'm like I have this this and this and this and my boss um at the winery that I work at always says that my mom and I get more done in a day by 8 a.m than he does in weeks (laughs) just with how constant we're always just moving but I do agree it very severely slowed during like the height of the pandemic but I, I don't know. My life's still all over the place. And sometimes reading the Camilla and being like exhausted just from reading, I'm like, oh, relatable. Like it hurts. Yep. yep. <laughs> However, I'm not the person that I hate hosting. So I would not be throwing my friends a Bollywood movie night once a week with a whole big spread and theme nights. No, that's just that sounds so unappealing. I would love to go to it once a month. Oh, for sure. But there's no way I could even go every week. <laughs> right. So overwhelming. Yeah. Oh. It, and it uh, sounds beautiful. I loved the detail with mm-hmm. the um, the way they described the way she built the parties and yeah. the thought that she put into it. it. She really was a great hostess. Yes. So one big part of the book was how she was taking care of her dad who yeah. struggles with that mental health and other and health. health. Yeah. So he's on a pretty strict health diet. Um, that wasn't his favorite things. No. So this one hit me hard. I spent quite a few years as a caregiver, not a living caregiver, but I was there, um, every weekend living there. Um, and we talked a little bit about it last night in that it started, I think, as her just living there because she was an unmarried female. Mm. And then somewhere along the way, their roles switched swapped Mm -hmm. and she started taking care of him right and that is such a difficult thing for a parent-child relationship and I thought they handled it really nicely in the book Mm -hmm. in that 
mental barriers that they have to overcome right. and that type of thing. Um, but I, and, I really, I think I probably loved her because of that. Right. And there's, even especially in this situation, a big cultural expectation. So the characters are South Asian. They're, they're Indian. And I'm not. Deanne is not. However, I have read lots of books. I have a South Asian coworker who I've talked to about these and she's shared with me how she feels about familial expectations and what's expected of you as a child to a parent, Indian parent. And I think that has a big role in it. However, this it read differently than any other South Asian books that I've read before with how open her dad was. And I'm not saying that's not all the case and that's not the case necessarily in real life. Again, I wouldn't know. I'm just going off of what I've read and what uh, my coworker has talked to me about. So I thought that was a very interesting change because it was her mother that I felt was putting on more of those traditional roles as a South Asian parent. However, she was also a very cruel mother Yeah. beyond just cultural expectations. It was demeaning. It was harmful. She really damaged, I think, Camilla as a young girl. We talked about that last night, and I think everybody would agree we really did not like her mother and the way she treated her. Of course not, no. um, I think some of her, Camilla not being afraid to be herself was almost a rebellion against her mother. Mm -hmm. And it ended up serving her well in that sense, that she really established this life and career that fit what she wanted in spite of all of the people against her who didn't want her to do that. Mm -hmm. However, the barrier that it put up and the damage that it did to her, we were really not happy with. Right. And even her dad acknowledging it and saying like, I'm sorry, I didn't protect you more. Um, all and defend her. It was a very interesting dynamic to read about because him saying that her mom was always much too hard on her and it was undeserving too. And like, it was truly tragic. Some of the things that you had to read about Camilla's like experience with her mom. Yeah. And I mean, I don't imagine her dad have ever like would have divorced her, but she did die uh, when Camilla was 20, I believe. Yeah. So, and she's 27 in the book when we pick it up. So it's been seven years and there's a lot of good talk about like going to therapy and advocating for yourself, which I loved. Yes. Um, Yes. One thing I found really, really interesting with relationships is the relationship with her her father's, not boss, her father's business partner, different business partner than the one who is Rohan's dad, but Jana's or Jana. I didn't know how to say her name. I was saying Jana, um, Solomine and their relationship, Camilla and her, Camilla calls it her nemesis. And I found that really, really interesting because there was never any communication between the two but one petty thing that happened when they were teenagers and then what her mom did after sucked ass, but 
Yeah. So um, her mom gave her graduation party to this other girl mm-hmm. and we were all just livid. And it was not for something Camilla did. The other girl actually yeah, did it. Jana did it. Camilla yeah. got blamed for it. So we were livid. Jana was making out with this guy in a car and everybody thought it was Camilla and Camilla's mom had banned her from seeing this boy. So, and all the aunties were gossiping. And so Camilla's mom was like, I'm giving your graduation party to Jana. And Jana just went along with it. So for years, she blamed her. It was like, you didn't even tell them that it wasn't me. You took my party. And like, I loved when they finally had that heart to heart moment of what are you talking about? And I loved it. Yeah, I loved the, so the three partners all had kids about the same age and were kind of raised together, not as siblings, but as cousins. So they were always around. Um, And again, Rohan and Camilla were closer. Rohan was very close to Jana, but Mm -hmm. Jana and Camilla did not love each other. Right. They played nice for the most part. I mean, around other people, but they didn't love each other. But they come to a place in this book where they support each other. And you know, going forward, that it's going to be a more healthy relationship. Mm -hmm. And that part was really cool. (laughs) Yes. But the big relationship is Rohan and Camilla. And there's so much buildup between them, the tension. Yes. I loved that part. I like the slow burn. I like the buildup. But we need to say that this is basically a zero spice level. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And that's, like, crazy because there's so much talk. Yeah. Like, about Camilla being very sexually carefree. Not carefree, but, like, you know. Active. Yeah, exactly. And that's a perfect way of saying it. And there's talk about it and how she's like, oh, yeah, she's not one to shy away from conversation about sex or sexploitations or like sex positions or anything however there is no steam scenes at all even the one at the very end it's like ooh, they're getting on and it's like and after i was like where was the romance i know i needed more i really needed more Mm -hmm. that was and that was our book club likes steamy Uh books and I picked this book because I loved Accidentally Engaged and it had lots of great scenes and then this book comes out and it has nothing and I'm like I'm so sorry you all how would we how would you have known I didn't know we both picked this one out so we were talking last night and all of these books that are following the really steamy books probably were written during covid and we're wondering because no maybe, one was getting it on. <laughs> if maybe they just weren't as inspired. Oh. I don't know. Um, Tell that to all the COVID babies. I, know. <laughs> I don't know. It just it seems like everything coming out this year, even the new Tessa Bailey, is much tamer than we expected it to be. So tame. Even so, the Christina Lauren one coming out next month. <laughs> super tame. So we need more. Denise Williams has promised that her new one will be more. The cover, if you've not looked at it yet. So cool. Stunning. It is amazing. I I loved it. Called Do You Take This Man? It comes out in November, I believe. Yeah. Because it should be our November. It's our November book club. club 
whatever it is, whatever it's about. We didn't care. We're just like, that's it. <laughs> Check mark. Uh, uh, but so back to Rohan and Camilla, they have a big blow up at one point. Because you have to. Of course. Yeah. And it was because she really got shafted in a deal. Her dad decides, you know what? I'm going to sell my shares of the company to Rohan and um, Rohan's brother, whose name is escaping me right now. And that's actually his son-in-law, too. Yeah. And um, he's, well, and then... I'm going to stick up for Camilla here. So part of it was that Rohan and his dad were talking about this behind her back. Oh, yeah. And Rohan yeah. argued with her dad and said, we need to involve her. And her dad said no, mm-hmm. because she would want to stick around and do the good thing, the right, right. thing for the family, so, not understanding that she loved her business. So Camilla's dad only thinks she's an accountant working under Emerald because of him. He needed her help. Yeah. And that's not the case. She loves numbers. She loves She it. loves what she does. And she has so many good ideas. And again, people are just undervaluing what she has to offer. And so it was wild that when this all starts happening, and she's pissed. And I think she should. I she don't should care. be. And he I knew better. Oh, yeah. I don't totally give a crap better. if somebody says, oh, don't tell her. No. There's a... You know what you did, and you... I'm sorry, but no. <laughs> and he did know what he did, and he tried to make it better, but he just shouldn't have done it in the first place. Stupid. But you have to, because you have to have conflict yes. in a book to have. But truthfully, I think it worked out to her advantage, because she was able to come up with her own business concept of what she needed, and that, that she, she hit the point of she was done caring what others thought. And I like a strong moment like that, where she's like, I know what I'm good at and what I'm talented at, and I'm going to keep doing this. And for a woman whose mission had been to help women build their own businesses, it was nice to see her look at her own that way. Right. And exactly. build it that I way. I, way. I liked that turn of play. I really I kept did. thinking, you do so much for yeah. this. these other people. Do it for yourself. Yeah. So I liked that part. Mm-hmm. What was, were there any other like big significant pieces that really stood out to you in this book that you adored? Well, one thing that came up that I wanted to make sure we mentioned was we want to see Maricel's story. Oh, yes, yes, So Maricel was their friend and she ran the animal shelter and um, dressed appropriately for running the animal shelter. Mm -hmm. But she was, again, just an amazing woman. And And she's opening up her own dog training business. And Camilla wanted to um, take her to the next level and also find her a match. And so she found this perfect match for her and kept setting them up. And lo and behold, (laughs) he liked Camilla. Camilla didn't like him. And Marisol. He was gross, too. That was was gross. I didn't like him. Sleazy scumbag who was drunk in a dog part and tried to get all handsy with Camilla. And that was weird. That was was bad. But the good news is that Maricel fell for the Boba Tea tea guy. And so we want to hear that story from their perspective. Mm -hmm. I would love that. Wouldn't that be fun? I I agree. Farrah, if you're listening, we want Maricel's story. Of course she's listening, right? (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Probably not. Uh, But yeah, no, I agree with you. I think that she was just such a... A cool character, like so sweet and soft. And I'm like, mm, I want to know more about this romance here. Yeah. And 
I do find it interesting, though, because Camilla did not want to sit up Marcel with Tom, Tim, the boba tea guy. Can't remember. I just well, finished this book Well, because she had already set him up with this other guy that right. she decided And he was, was the one that was a sleazy scum. She didn't know that, yeah. though. She no, thought not. he was a good Well, guy. she thought he was a better match. And so yeah. she didn't think this kid was good enough. Lo and behold, he is in school to be a lawyer. He's working part-time. He He's spreading himself thin, which Camilla should know yeah. about. She should have recognized that. I think people are pretty, not always, but some are good at identifying who is right for them. And people figure things out for themselves. I mean, not always, but <laughs> for the most part, I yeah. want to give some hope. To us being able to make choices know, right? in our romance right, right. department. <laughs> yeah. And, Dan, you mentioned this, and someone else told me this not too long ago, just this past week, but Clueless is also an Emma retelling. Yes. I had no idea. You were clueless about that? Just <laughs> as if. <laughs> But <laughs> I love that. And now I don't know if I'll be able to watch that movie without, like, seeing all of that. I love it. Yeah. Now I'm going to have to go home so and watch it. So much fun. I yeah. know. So what'd you rate this book? So I gave this a solid four stars. I yeah. loved Camilla. I, I, I Yeah, loved I loved her too. about her. Um, the book club did go a little bit lower so they gave it we average it out we take everybody's vote mm -hmm. it's about 3.64 when it's averaged out and i'm pretty sure it's because they wanted a little bit more spice yeah well so i gave it three stars i would say that definitely knocked one down but i just i don't know i i absolutely adore this story but i'm, I'm not saying like I loved it or I liked it a lot. I, I adored it. It was very good. It was a very solid story. So. And it is in the universe of the accidentally engaged. Oh, it is? Yeah. So when she's talking about her cousin that was on the reality cooking show, that was accidentally engaged. Oh, my gosh. So if you like universe stories. I had no on. idea. I was going to ask that earlier. And then I was like, ah, probably not. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. And then her dad's so cute when he starts learning to cook because he's watching all these cooking shows and he gets on some better medication and things just start looking up for him. So I I really loved seeing something good come out of that and not a horrible, tragic yeah. ending to their story. So, yeah. yep. Well, I think this was another solid book club pick and I'm not upset that we chose it. I think it was really good for our book club, even though... There was no spice. So. <laughs> tis what it is. This is a bland, spicy. It's not a bland book, though. Like, it was no, very entertaining. There was a lot in the book. And we mm -hmm. kind of talked about that because there was so much in the book. Mm -hmm. um, there but, was a lot going on. But part of that, I think, helped build the... Build her personality. Because in Accidentally Engaged, it really almost all takes place in her apartment. Right. And this oh, was I say right like I know. <laughs> <laughs> this was such a completely different book, but I think it helped build the story of who Camilla is and what she is because she had all of this going on. So That's awesome. I loved yeah. it. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Between the Covers podcast. You can follow Deanne at 
E-O-D-B-R-T, and Rachel at More Than The Pages on Instagram, and everything podcast-related at at Between The Covers Pod. Between The Covers Pod is produced by our local indie bookstore, Dog-Eared Books in Ames, Iowa. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and share the pod with all your amazing people in your life.